Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. The place for pets and the people who love them. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Here are your hosts, practicing veterinarians, Dr. Roger Welton and Dr. Karen Lewis. Hello, pet lovers, and welcome to another edition of Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. I am one of your co-hosts, Roger Welton. DVM. However, I'm not with my normal co-host, Dr. Karen Lewis. We both decided to open second practices and we've not been able to connect in a long time. But I'm really excited tonight to have a guest host. Uh, Her name is Dr. Amanda Johnston. She's a new graduate. And a a lot of our listeners are actually budding I would say veterinarians in training perhaps that want to go in that direction, want some information and see what is a profession really like? What does it entail? What am I getting into? And she's here to provide us the insight of a new graduate. Dr. Amanda Johnson attended University of Florida as her undergrad and she went to Ross University College of Veterinary Medicine, which was my alma mater. So I'm very proud of that. She's unique in that she Graduated University of Florida as an animal science major, but was not working in the capacity that she felt was fulfilling her professional needs and came to us to get some veterinary experience. And while she was doing that, she got a prerequisites to apply to veterinary school. She came full circle and became, as we say, our number one draft pick. And uh, she's with us now and been it's been about eight months, I think, as a new graduate. And I want to share her perspective of what's that, what's that like, the transition from student to new graduate, from technician to student, from the whole deal. She's done it all. So without further ado, welcome to the program, Dr. Amanda. Thank you for being here. Hey, Rod. Thanks for having me. So nice to be on the podcast with you tonight. Excellent. So I got a bunch of questions and... For me, being a new graduate, it was 17 years ago. It, God, I can't even wrap my head around that. I've been practicing for 17 years. So I remember what it was like to be a new graduate, but I don't. It's like really weird. It's like a, almost like a nightmare I woke up from, I feel like. And who you are in the middle of it, and I really want to get your perspective to share with our listeners, what's that like? What, 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 what is it like coming in and being younger than most of your clientele? What's it like coming in and having clientele that are used to an old guy like me who's been practicing for 17 years? And we're going to tackle one thing at a time, but let's start first with what's it like from going to technician to student to veterinarian? Let's, let's talk about that process and really be detailed, please, because people really want to know about it. Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, being a technician is what made me decide that I actually wanted to go forward and becoming a doctor. You know, I wanted to know that I could handle the in and outs of veterinary medicine, being able to handle clients, you know, the unfortunate side of veterinary medicine, euthanizing patients, surgeries, um, things like that. And, you know, I really formed a great passion for veterinary medicine coming out of, you know, working just in the animal boarding industry. Um, it was it was a definite change. And, you know, vet school kind of 
got me there and being back as a doctor it's it's a little different than being a technician for sure let's talk about the differences please highlight that okay so differences from being a technician versus being a doctor you know both jobs are amazing fun but one of them you have a much bigger responsibility as a leader and making you know, life or death situation choices than, you know, when you're a technician, you're, you're actually diagnosing patients and deciding what the best treatment option for them is. Whereas, you know, when you're a technician, you're mostly just following the orders of a doctor, you kind of have, you know, as a technician, I actually would go into cases and feel like, oh, I think I know what's going on and how we might want to treat this. But I couldn't make those choices until I actually, you know, did the work and went through vet school. And I'm so glad I, I did. So it's, it's a cool journey. The, um, I think I, w- I want to like elaborate just a little bit because I'm, I'm remembering just a little bit. Okay. I'm uh, so I'm so I was a technician too, and then went to vet school and kind of went through a mm, not same process as you, but kind of like you got to get the experience, right? Yeah. So so I mean it's mandated; you can't apply without experience. But I remember being a technician and always looking at the doctor, tell me what to do, and I'll do it. And as a doctor, I remember my first time having a real emergency and everybody's looking at me and I'm 27 years old and they're all looking at me and I just, I almost like felt nauseous a little bit because it got an emergency like, what do you want doc? And I'm like, it was this really weird sensation of everything just went quiet and I'm like, this is all on me right now and I got to make a decision. And then I instantaneously said, okay, put a catheter in, start shock doses with fluids. And I gave the doses. Let's start solumedrol, blah, 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 blah. It just rattled off. But it just took a moment to register like, this is all me. And whatever happens with this patient is all my decisions. Now, granted, I think, Dr. Amanda, you'll agree that technicians are not just people that do stuff you say. They actually have input. They have input from the patient. They have previous clinical knowledge. So one of our favorite technicians, Caitlin, by the way, <laughs> I actually ask her to review x-rays with me. I ask her to look at blood work with me. She's so experienced and so good that like I have such trust in this technician that, and she's so smart and so amazing that I'm thinking in this way, please let me know if I'm thinking the wrong way because I trust you that much. Any thoughts on that? Um, definitely. I mean, I trust Caitlin hundred percent. No, I, she's I, not the exact, only one. no, that's so I, true. We have a whole staff but of Caitlin's, but she, she's amazing. She's, she's awesome. And you know, x-rays is probably like the, the most like objective thing. Like, Oh, I'm seeing this, but is there something that I'm missing? I think you mean so. subjective. Sub- subjective yeah, subjective because because the there's talking. room for, there's yeah. room for interpretation <laughs> yes we're having wine as we're having a podcast us veterinarians we worked very hard today amanda work hard play hard yeah <laughs> yeah we killed it today we uh we were overbooked worked through lunch it was an amazing day but anyway back on task mm-hmm. as we always say at work um 
technician reliance, but any other surprises that you ran into in terms of, okay, this is the reality. I'm a veterinarian. I'm a doctor. And you're, I like to call her the baby vet, right? It's, it's, it's so adorable. But but it, it, it's really true. They're baby vets. I was a baby vet. We were all baby vets. And any other things that you can elaborate on that you think people should know about that want to be veterinarians? Well, if, if you want to be a vet, it's definitely, you know, you have to love animals to do it, but you have to realize that it's not just the animals you're dealing with. You're dealing with clients every day and you're having to give them sometimes very hard information, you know, about their pets. Like some, some of these animals are these people's babies and, you know, to tell them that they have cancer, some sort of debilitating disease or that you think that it's best interest of the pet to euthanize it. It's, it's definitely not an easy conversation to have. I don't think ever. I don't know if it ever gets easier. Roger, you can tell me that. It never gets easier. I just had a really tough one today. Um, and this was a cognitive dysfunction case where the pet was healthy but was starting to increasingly attack the husband. And it came out of nowhere. And it was dementia that did it, that drove it. What a hard decision for this person. And I hugged her and I actually shed tears with her today. And I've been practicing for 17 years, so no, it never gets easier. But you get through it because you know it's the right thing to do. So that wasn't a happy dog. That was a dog that was fearful and confused and it was the right thing to do. But uh, no, it never gets easier. I never want to make that recommendation. Panda, oh, I'm sorry. I just said Panda. We call her Dr. Panda, Amanda Panda. That's her... um, nickname so if you hear me call her panda that's my street name that's her street street name if you ever hear me say that in the course of the podcast that's why um but but you know realistically that never goes away and and the euthanasia is especially hard panda when you reach the point where you have seen a patient from kittenhood puppyhood until the point of euthanasia and that is really hard and challenging where you're like, oh, my God, I've known you all your life. Oh, yeah. And that, that, that hurt never goes away, but you get through it because of all the good you do in between. So thoughts on that? <gasps> I don't. Sorry, I'm just like really focusing on your cat right now. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a cat in our lap right now. A yogi. He's obnoxious. <laughs> Um, he will not be denied love and he's on my lap and he's giving me biscuits and he's giving my associate doctor here a hard time focusing. All right. Okay. So what was my original question? See, right. Uh, I'm distracted too now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, darn it. I totally forgot. So, and I did too, because I was so focused on your, your loving cat. Of course, that has nothing to do with the wine, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's go back to, again, experiences of the new veterinarian. Is there anything that has surprised you? Um, God, I mean... I was surprised a lot my first year, but I'm idealistic. I think, like, I thought, past tense, 
Being a veterinarian was a James Harriet novel. And I thought it was going to be all shits and giggles and loving and everyone's going to love everybody and animals are great and it's like a Snow White scenario and it's so not the case. And I learned that. So I was surprised a lot my first year by clients and animals alike. Do you have any of that? Um, it's kind of like you plan on showing up to work like 20 to 30 minutes early to do callbacks and... Um, you know, finish medical notes and things like that. And then as soon as you walk in the door, you're bombarded by people <laughs> asking you questions about, you know, <laughs> you know, this prescription, can you sign this prescription? Or can this patient get a refill on this? Or should I have this patient come in today? Well, you know, like, there's a lot, it's, it's all you like, you got like 10 people coming at you at, from like 20 different angles and you have to figure out which person's most important to listen to at that moment. <laughs> so that's a great point. So so as a seasoned and, and veteran veterinarian, that sounds funny, veteran veterinarian, what I do, Dr. Panda, you might want to do what I do, is I walk in and I, I walk in early to catch up on all my stuff and I announce to everybody... I'm not really here. I'm getting a cappuccino that's actually happening, but I'm not really here. It's an illusion. The Roger Welton that's here, it's an illusion. I don't exist. I don't exist until 8.45 when I'm supposed to be here. You ever try that? Yeah, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't know if you have experience with that as well. I do. I do. Um, yes, I do. But you got to try. To keep your own sanity, you have to try. I try every day, and I love my techs, and I know they just want what's best for our clients and our patients, and I just roll with the punches. Sometimes I feel like ripping my hair out, but most of the time I'm like, you know what, they're just doing their job, I'm just doing my job. Sometimes it's stressful and overwhelming, but this is what I wanted to do with my life, and I haven't regretted it since. So let's go to that. So we have the reality, you're a doctor of veterinary medicine, you went to a lot of debt to do it, you went to a lot of sacrifice, you traveled all over the place. You're feeling gratified in the, well, I don't want to say the end of the journey, because the journey continues, trust me, girl. It continues, I'm sorry, young lady, <laughs> you're not a girl. Um, I know that from when I graduated in 2002, back when you were like, 10 or something 2002 i was like at least 12 were you okay at well, least so, i can't even think about how so back when you were 12 worrying about your like middle school dance i was a graduated veterinarian and had this whole idea in mind of where like life was going and things like that and this that and the other occurred and i had different experiences different practices and little by little I went into the direction that I'm at now, and I never knew I'd actually be here in that here and now. So the journey never ends. It really doesn't. And I don't know where 10 years is for me. Like, you know, from now, I'm, I'm hoping to be on a floating catamaran um, doing free vet care because I'm that wealthy that I can just give it away. Uh, that'd be wonderful in the Caribbean. I think hopefully. that's every Caribbean vet's dream is <laughs> to, to one day just sail off into the Caribbean and island top and treat animals at low cost just yep. to save them. 
that's my dream at least. But it's funny. So we're all from the same school, which uh, is Ross University College of Veterinary Medicine. It's in the island of St. Kitts. We all did our clinics at different places. You were where? Texas A and M. I was Illinois. <laughs> I was Illinois. Go Illini, maybe. I don't know. They kind of suck at everything. Um, uh, and Dr. Dave Fogelberg, our other doctor, he was at University of Minnesota. So we we did our clinics at different places in the states, but like the island vibe remains. We just feel connected to it. So that's where that comes from. And we all feel like you know, at one point, if we make it big, at some point, and it's it's not easy to do, but if we do. That's what we want to do. Yeah. Does that make sense? Holy yeah, no, it, it totally does. I mean, it's like living the Caribbean dream. I don't feel like, I don't know. I'm not even going to say I don't feel like an American. I'm like, Rasta for life. <laughs> we all feel that way. We all feel that way. I'm it, like, it, I'm not a normal fantastic. human. I don't feel like I'm a normal human either, and that's a good thing. I think it's a really good thing. It's a very positive thing. So... So let's go into mentorship and experience. So obviously you haven't seen it all. You're a student and you're a new graduate and you've not seen a lot of things. So what advice do you have for veterinary students out there talking to us right now about mentorship and going into a new practice and what you want to look for? I think mentorship, at least for me, I feel like for most people it should be one of the top considerations when you're a new vet. If you're not going into an internship and you're going straight into general practice, I think it's very important that you have a good mentor behind your back that, you know, if you have any questions, like, of course, always, you know, you know, where to look for information. You got the textbooks, you have your old vet school notes, but there's nothing more valuable than true clinical experience, you know, being able to work for vets that have been in practice for, what, old man, like 15 years? 17. (laughs) 17 years. Um, You know, he started owning the practice when you were, like, younger than I currently am, which, go get her, good for you, but, you know, right now I'm I'm just working on, you know, getting my medicine perfected you know you know can never be perfect medicine is a practice so but at least you know having that true real life experience and hey like this is this weird case that I have like do you have any advice do you think I should do this like what do you think about this like just having someone to bounce ideas off of and like kind of give you that extra push and I think that really can help your confidence even as a young vet because let's be real like nobody's that confident that they think they know everything right out of vet school i've been practicing 17 years and i don't know everything and i don't know most of everything honestly humility i think is the biggest thing that everybody needs to take i remember coming out of vet school my weakness was i thought i knew everything and i was i just came out but you do don't you well, I, th- I, I thought I did. <laughs> but medicine has a really good way of giving you humility. So I came out very confident, and I wanted less hands-on, and I wanted to be as independent as I could be. And then I realized as time went on, I'm like, I need really help here. I need help because this is a pattern that I've learned about, but I don't really 
know realistically what this translates to because the clinical signs and the lab work don't equate. I'm confused. Why is this? And then I had a great mentor. My first boss was amazing. And he told me, he goes, oh, don't worry, kid. It's, it's, it's a, it fools a lot of seasoned veterinarians. You know, he'd say often. And he'd say, oh, it's a new graduate mistake. Don't worry about it. So here's this, this, that, and the other. I remember always just feeling like he was my security blanket. You know, like Hank was my security blanket. And, and shout out if he's listening. Hank Travis, you are the man. Love you. We left on great terms. I just had to move to Florida, and that's the only reason I left that practice. But he was an amazing guy, an amazing mentor, and he loved, actually, when I disagreed with him, he'd be like, okay, well, do it your way. You're, you're a new grad. You, you're privy to things that I'm not privy to, and I'm cool with that. Maybe I'll learn from you. So he had humility the other way as well. Really cool. That is pretty neat. How do you feel when I disagree with you? No, <laughs> I'm fine with it. In fact, um, I celebrate it because it means that you are just being your own vet. You're being you and you are not me. And that's important for you not to be me. No, that's right? true. And I think every mentor needs to understand that there's a unique veterinarian there. And in that uniqueness comes actually you better yourself. Because we've had conversations, Dr. Panda, that you've actually enlightened me on things, right? So humility goes both ways. And I know you don't think I have the most humility. I'm quite, quite confident in what I do. But, but you do humble me often in a very nice and respectful and friendly way. So having you as my mentee, I guess we would say, um, has made me a better doctor, I think. Well, I'm, I'm glad you feel that way. Um, so I've been a doctor for, what, eight, eight months now? Yeah, something like that. I started October of last year, so it's been like, I'm in my third trimester of my first year of being a veterinarian, and definitely I feel like I've come a long way. Like the first three months are definitely more scary and you're more clingy to your mentor and you kind of start to like branch off and like do your own thing. And, you know, it, you're always going to have questions. I feel like I, I really enjoy working in a practice that has, you know, me, two other doctors that I really respect. They're great mentors. They've had a lot of experience and they're always willing to you know add to the picture for me and with you know us opening the new practice and me being kind of like unleashed on my own a little bit more I'm the more and more I'm alone in the practice like the more I'm like enjoying you know spreading my wings and being able to like feel confident that I can do this on my own within my first year of practicing medicine that's amazing. And we knew that was going to happen. So, like I said, number one draft pick. This is not your average new grad, by the way. This is a phenomenal young doctor who's going to be one of the best I've ever, I've ever seen or known. Um, I really take pride in recognizing talent. And I saw talent in this young lady before she was even a tech. And um, I just want you all to know out there that there's a lot of Amandas in the world that can do this. 
that have the intelligence, that have the tenacity, that as long as you take the plunge and do it and find somebody who believes in you, it will be fine. And then the the amazing thing is that the, the, the payback is that knowing for me, when you recognize that talent and you help develop it, it comes back to you full circle. And that's why we get an amazing doctor like this young lady. And she's a credit to profession. And she is actually further along than I expected any new grad would be. Um, maybe it's awesome mentorship. I don't know. But <laughs> but I think, I think you have some intrinsic talent, especially as a surgeon. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I can definitely toot your horn and say that your mentorship has definitely brought me into, you know, the veterinary medicine where surgery is a big part. Because there's a lot of general practitioners that just do spays and neuters or very basic surgeries. And I'm, you know, I'm more into the advanced stuff. Every day I'm trying to, you know, if I have a new procedure that I want to try, I look to my mentor and I'm like, hey, will you do this with me? Will you, you know, show me the ropes of this? Like, Hells yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like today, I mean, it's very simple, but today I did my first um, eyelid mass removal and I got to practice reconstructing an eyelid to make it look like there was never a mass there that I took out. And I think it turned out pretty nice. I guess we'll see in a couple weeks. It was amazing. You didn't need me at all. So I came in to inspect to make sure it looked good. And, and you know, to hear your humility is great because I just want to make sure this looks right. And I looked at, I'm like, remember I looked at, I'm like, looks amazing. Great job. Right. So, so, but, but humility I think is important on both sides. In fact, I've never been humbled more in life than veterinary medicine. I don't know about you, but I've been humbled. Um, And you have to always realize that the dark side is always around the corner, which is a complication that you just don't see or can't expect. It's not even necessarily your fault. It's just like, oh my goodness, what do I do? And this is terrible. Um, I think, mm, takes me to another point real quick before we close. The mental side of being a young vet when things do go south and it's not your fault and client perception is that it's you and under you this happened how do you deal with that it's hard i still as a 17 year practitioner struggle with that sometimes so on your end is is it tougher as a new grad i think it might be i I mean, obviously, I can't speak to, to to your experience, but for me, I mean, definitely can't lie and say I haven't lost sleep over clients that have blamed me for things that, you know, have happened that maybe weren't necessarily my fault. Maybe they were, um, but people, you know, these, like I said, time and time again, these animals are like these people's babies and you know they're gonna play emotion into as much as they can and you know I I'm thinking of a client particularly within the first few months of practicing that you know I hospitalized the patient I had the patient's best interest in mind and she still blamed me for you know her her dog going downhill when you know she maybe could have done much more prior and I was just the last saving grace that couldn't 
couldn't be that grace. And I happened to be away at the time, and Dr. Fogelberg, the other experienced vet, was away at the time. It was a perfect storm of really hardness on you. And Dr. Dave and I could put that in perspective, but for a very new grad at that point, um, must have been really hard. So my advice to all you pet owners, be easy on your new grads because they want to do the best. They're asking the right questions. These are really good people. They are among the best that society actually has ever put out. And just give them a chance. And um, thank you, Amanda. Thank you for coming to this podcast tonight. And um, thank you for being an amazing young veterinarian. You are a credit to our practice and to the profession. Yeah, thanks, Roger. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be on the podcast tonight. And I hope I can have some more insight for the future podcasts. You know what, folks? This young lady is off and running. And I bet you this will not be the last time you hear from her. Good night, everybody. I really appreciate you listening, as always, caring for what I have to say. I always find that remarkable that thousands of people actually tune in to care about what I have to say. It's really remarkable. It's actually also humbling, but I'm so grateful for all of you. I'll be in touch with you soon, hopefully with Dr. Karen. i got to mesh up with her. God, I miss her so much. Anyway, God bless, and God bless all your pets. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.